0: It can't, it, it can't it be. be! It can't be. Be. That, that, that was out of bounds! 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 As Shields goals! Boy! Oh boy! Vickery and Ruffin! Ruffin and Vickery! Who's quicker? hope run away Righto from guys who? welcome back to the weekly blow up uh, this is the AFL show we're back for another episode episode 2 of the AFL show um, it's good to have the boys back on again uh, this week um, we had a pretty decent uh, chat last week um, lots of stats thrown around lots of predictions um, you know some good good um, good information shared shared by both the boys um uh you know in regards to the the, uh, the premiership and, and and how it's going to go and how that season's going to play out so um for me personally I'm semi new to the AFL realm so um it's good to be able to listen to these two boys um waffle on a bit and um you know lend me a bit of help because um you know uh, I'm just a dumb rugby league player so um <laughs> Well um we'll kick it off. But um first off boys, how are we? How's uh, how was how's the weekend? How's the week been? And um tell us uh yeah, tell us something new.
1: Yeah, good mate. Um another busy week up here and uh good to have some rugby on over the weekend too. Caught uh camera got up, so that's good news for Jack. My storm boys got up, so that's good for me and
0: uh Brownie, I don't think your yeah, Broncos quite went too good uh-huh. today. <laughs> hey, look, they look they look better than what they did last year, mate. That's definitely for sure. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. But obviously, we're not here to talk about Rugby League. We're here to talk about the AFL boys. So um, I know that one topic just before we started the podcast, Jack, you wanted to kind of touch on, mate, um, obviously a new rule change coming out today. Could you lend a bit of a um, kind of you know helping hand for all the people out there that may not know the new rule change or whatever else it might be? Um, give a bit of an insight into kind of you know your thoughts on the new change
2: yeah hey boys uh, good to see you again for episode two so Nathan, I just wanted to get your um, thoughts so today the AFL obviously announced that um, they're going to bring in or they think they're heavily considering bringing in a concussion sub um, and from what I, Read and I haven't actually seen the announcement yet from Gillian McLaughlin and the head of the AFL, but from what i read, it's going to be a player who will be listed um, as an emergency, so the 23rd player, and they can be bought on if a player goes off with concussion or with a head knock, doesn't pass their... Um, their immediate like, head injury assessment or HIA, I think they call it in the NRL. I'm not 100% sure what the AFL calls it, but if yeah. they don't pass that concussion test, then that 23rd sub will come on and fill their spot uh, for the remainder of the game. Now, one thing that I did read was that the player that was going to be named for that 23rd position was going to have to be a player under 22 years of age. So it was going to have to be uh, a player sort of starting out in his first couple of seasons. What's your thoughts on that, Nathan?
1: Yeah, I saw that too. I think that's a – if they're going to bring it in, I think to stop the clubs using it as just a, you know an, another tactic that they can exploit the rules in, probably bringing in a player under 22 is um, probably the best way to do that that I can think of. But no, I like it. I was reading as well. Um, I saw Gill was on AFL 360 before I came on. And he said it might be more of a injury sub rather than a concussion sub. So if you go off, someone goes off with a hamstring in the first quarter, then they'll be able to get replaced as well. So um, I think it's good. Just uh, see how it goes because I thought the uh, sub rule back in two ten or two eleven, whenever it was, was going to be a good thing, and that turned to crap pretty
0: quick. So what were so, the yeah. issues? What were the issues with that sub rule? Like, what was why did why did it flop? Uh one of it was it was the 22nd
1: man so it wasn't 23rd so you had three people on the bench and then you had the oh, bloke that yeah, right was a sub um yep and the other part of it was um the players weren't real keen on it either sitting there on the bench for three quarters with a half his vest on probably wasn't their idea of football
2: Yeah it'd be hard doing a warm up pre-game you know you do all your you build up to the game um do all your game stuff, obviously, or your warm-up and then get told, oh, by the way, go and sit on the bench for the next two and a half quarters before you actually get on the ground and, and have a kick. It'll be a pretty rough um, way to play footy. Yeah. But just quickly, so so if it is for all injuries, you think that's a good thing? You're happy with that?
1: I'd rather it for all injuries, yeah, because otherwise it's just going to turn into a whole big uh, issue again when someone goes off in the first quarter with a hamstring and then you're down to three people on the bench, and you got a bloke that's just sitting there with a the vest on because old mate didn't get knocked on the head; he did a hamstring.
2: Yeah, so I guess from my perspective, I I like it from the concussion point of view. I think there's plenty of um, studies and like you know examples in sporting codes, different sporting codes all around the world, around head knocks and concussions and brain injuries and. CTE. Um, you've only got to look at the NRL on the weekend, and um, if you if anybody saw the Sydney Roosters game where Jake Friend got knocked out and was convulsing on the field, um, it's not it's not a pretty look. And um, there's been instances that I'm aware of in the NFL overseas where guys take one heavy hit or one heavy concussion, and um, that the club Doctors and players say that their personality completely changes from just one hit. so I think anything to protect the player's head and, and um, future mental state is a good thing. I mean at the end of the day it's a game you know Aussie rules, NRL, NFL, whatever it is, it's a game it's not worth uh, the repercussions down the line of someone's life because they have you know yeah it's health, definitely health, health um, health um, health it's- brain function.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a smart move by the AFL to be able to do that. I guess hopefully the protocols to get back on the field. So you know, obviously that that can concussion test, whatever it might be. I know that there's um, on the uh, you know NRL side of things, there's a fair few tests they have to go through um, to get back onto the field. And I'm assuming they're going to be on off the field for a, a period of time. I think it's 15 minutes that um, you know concussion players have to stay off. So. Um, I wonder if did they did they put a time frame on you know how long the player has to be off the field if there does that sub come onto the field if there's an injury, you know how does it, how does it work is it a like so you know for instance if someone does their ACL you know touch wood I've done that before and it's not fun but uh, you know uh, if someone does their ACL then yeah fair enough that player's is going on but if it's a sprained ankle that they can strap up and they can in, you know shove drugs into them or whatever else it might be to get them back on the field. I wonder how they're going to use that. Does that player go on for that certain time, then come off once that player comes back onto the field? No, I think
2: from – and obviously, you know, as we said, it was only announced today, so it's brand new. Um, And if this changes, we'll correct it on the next podcast. But my understanding is once that sub is bought on, the player who has been substituted will be off for the remainder of the game. Um, Yeah, The other thing that the AFL bought in this year, which again – I think is, is a really good thing. They've brought in that if a player has uh, – fails a concussion test or fails a, a head um, injury assessment, they can't play a competitive game for 12 days. So they basically – they miss the next week minimum. Um, and depending – you know, if they play on a Sunday and say their next game is the Sunday after – Um, They're definitely going to miss that. But say they play the Friday night, two weeks after that game, they may actually miss up to two games. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how the AFL police it. So, you know, and I like the idea of having a young player um, because I think, yeah, it'll stop the exploitation of the rules, which um, – we know AFL teams have in the past. So one uh, one big one was when was when um, the, stretch, the stretcher rule came on. Yeah. Uh, so so it was it used to be the rule was that if a player went off on the stretcher, they couldn't come back on. Rega- if, even if they got carried, you know, they got stretchered off and then they got off the stretcher and they did an assessment, and they were good, they couldn't come back on. So. Um, what would happen is teams would would call for the stretcher because it would slow the game down, stop the momentum, especially if they the momentum was going against them. But then once the stretcher was out there, um, the player would get up and walk off. Well, it's a waste of everyone's time. So they said, once the stretcher's come out, you've got to get uh, on that right. if you're Off on yep. the stretcher, you're not coming back on. So, um, yeah. you know, coaches will find ways to manipulate the rules and make it work, but. I think it would be a little bit hard as well. Like if you're that 23rd player, imagine you're, it's your debut game potentially. You're sitting there and, you know.
0: <laughs> you don't want it. someone to yeah, you injure himself. You don't want someone to get yeah. injured,
2: but at the same time, you want to get out on the field. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it goes anyway. But um, moving on, uh, I yeah. think we're going to talk 100%. about a lot of predictions is that is that right
1: brownie
0: yeah that's that's it boys so um i wanted to kind of get a bit of an idea on where you think teams will finish this year obviously um we'll stick with the top eight um but we did have a bit of a discussion last week in regards to kind of where you think teams will be that was purely based off trials performances and Preseason kind of uh, trades and um, you know acquisitions for clubs and all those kinds of little um, you know things that that do um, go towards making up people's minds prior to the season starting. But um, we'll stop. With, we'll start with your. I'm, I'm. I'm. Let's start. Let's start with the bottom four of the top eight, if that makes sense. So um, I want to hear you know who you think you know the teams that uh, you, you think are going to sneak into the eight. Um, you're smoky, so maybe you're nine. If they can get there, some some team that you think, um, you know, think has has the right kind of DNA to get there, but they're just not clicking in a way. I want to hear a couple of those things before we get into your, your top four. because I have a feeling that from what we spoke about before, you boys are going to have very similar teams in the top four. Um, but um, I'll let it. I'll leave it to uh, to you, Nate, to kind of um, go first, mate.
1: Yeah, so uh, my five to eight as I uh, have it is I've got the Pies finishing fifth, Bulldogs six, St Kilda seventh, and West Coast eight.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: Who was seven? The dogs? No, no. Uh, so Collingwood five, Western Bulldogs six, St Kilda seven, West Coast eight. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I've got a group of, I mean, the more I look at it, I've probably got a group of about three or four, I think, could make it into those couple of spots at you know, maybe seven or eight, and I've got probably the Bulldogs or St Kilda, I think, could maybe pop up into that four as well. But the couple that I think if they have a really good run with injuries and everything this season that could get into the eights, probably Carlton, number one. Um, if they have a good year, then, you know, they could probably just about to touch that top four. I don't think they could get it, but they could be up there. Um And then the other two that I think could probably finish around eight would be Frio and Gold Coast, personally.
2: Yeah, okay. How many wins, Nathan, do you think you need to play finals? Noting that last year, uh, Collingwood finished eighth and they had nine wins. Nine wins, seven losses and a draw.
1: That's in a shortened Um, season, though. It was
2: was in a shortened season, so 18-game season. This year, we're going back to... A 22 game season. How many games is your eighth place team, which I think you said was West Coast? How many games are they winning?
1: So, on our little ladder predictor thing that we did, I have West Coast winning 13 to make the eight. Um, I think that's probably a little bit high, though, um, when I look back on it. So, I think probably about the 11 or 12 game mark, I think we'll probably get you into finals personally. Um, but. Yeah, that's where I have them sitting at the minute. So I've got West Coast on 13. My ninth place team is Carlton. They have 11 wins. So And obviously there's going to be a draw somewhere along the line, more than likely as well, which normally happens with those teams around the bottom half of the eight there.
2: Yeah. And the, the I think you said Collingwood you had finishing fifth. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's probably got a little bit of bias on it. But... Um, <laughs> I still think that we're a pretty decent team. We didn't lose as much as everyone makes out in the trade period. So I'd expect us to at least make the eight, if not higher.
2: And how many wins to get into fifth?
1: Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen wins.
2: Holy moly. All right. Well, my five through to eight eight, uh, is... Pretty different to yours. So in fifth, I've got Richmond, um, but they are equal on wins with fourth and third. So it would be the the latter predictor that um, we use, you, you spoke about briefly, Nathan, it works on percentage. So depending on um, how many, you know, wins they have – sorry, how many big wins they have and how many close losses and all that sort of thing, the percentage obviously – Works out. Um, So they had the same amount of wins as third, but I've got them finishing fifth with 17 wins. So I think there's going to be a group of teams, and I think our top four will be pretty similar, especially after you've told me.
1: You say fifth with 17. Yeah. Um,
2: I think there's going to be – that's what I was about to say. I think there's going to be that group of teams in the top four, I think are going to pretty well smoke the competition. We know – how important it is to finish top four. Like Western Bulldogs was the last team to win the premiership from outside the eight back in 2016. Ah, sorry, from outside the top four um, in 2016. And before that, I couldn't even tell you when it was done. Like it's, it's so that Back
1: in 98 or something. Yeah, like, you
2: know, like ages ago. But so, yeah, Richmond's my fifth. I had the Bulldogs sixth as well. Um, however, I think the Bulldogs could go higher potentially. Yeah. Um, Carlton finishing seventh and Collingwood finishing eighth. Uh, then I had a group and this – so my group nine through to 11, I think any of these three teams can make the finals. So I had Freo. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with their – defense like i think they're going to be one of the best defending teams in the comp and i think i don't think it's going to be when teams travel to play them in perth i don't think it's going to hold the fear of you know that home ground of like oh we've got to go all the way to perth and play this team that are going to belt us off the park but it's going to they're going to be an annoying team to play especially at home because they're going to have really good um defensive structures and i just think they're just going to be a pain in the ass to play. Like I think they're going to be really hard to score against and that'll keep them in games for long periods of time. So I think they could potentially uh, move up into that bottom of the top eight. St Kilda, who again, just as easily could move into the bottom of the top eight and Essendon was my smokey. So um, in the off season, I I would, I, with losing Joe Danaher, I know he didn't play much, uh, the last couple of years, but I would have said Essendon would have been nowhere near the eight. But after watching them last week against Geelong, I think uh, if they get enough wins early, they're going to be around the mark for that for that seven through to seven or eight spots. So I think any of Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Frio Saint Kilda could take those last two spots. Um, and your who is your fairy tale? Who who do you think's a fairy tale? Premiership, potentially?
1: Um, so I've actually got a couple. Um, so one that I'd personally probably like to see, just because um, I like the way they play a bit, is Freo, and it would be their first flag ever. And they look like they're a team that could potentially make that bottom half of the eight and then go on a run in finals. Um, and the other one that I reckon could be a fairy tale we haven't even talked about them, but if they click, um, would be Melbourne obviously they got a massive Premiership drought um, but yeah
2: I only played in a prelim what two two, two years ago 2018
1: yeah playeds a strong word though because I didn't really show up on that day but
2: <laughs> they got belted off the park by 60.10 goals or something but they made a prelim you know in 2018 but since then they've failed, they've, they've
1: made finals. Failed
2: to however I don't know last year like what if Melbourne finished ninth. And had it not have been the draw that Collingwood had, um, they would have finished eight. So they would have made they would have made the top eight
1: they if also, Collingwood
0: did that draw. They
1: yeah. also would have made the eight if they didn't lose to Frio and whoever it was else it was up in Cairns when they had a mirror over two weeks when they just needed to win one of the
0: games to make finals. But they just love disappointing just yeah. well, um, people. What needs what needs to change at Melbourne for them to have that fairy tale season? Uh, consistency.
1: For one, Like last year they belted the Pies by 40 or 50 points and then they rock up against Frio who, yeah, had good defensive structures but, you know, it was in Cairns, it wasn't in Perth and lost and I think they lost to maybe Gold Coast as well, I think. Right. And, yeah, they just so they show up in big games and then just against smaller clubs sometimes they just go missing have a nightmare and it ends up costing them at the end of the year.
2: It'll be interesting. We're going to talk to a Melbourne, um, current Melbourne player. It'll be interesting to get his perspective on how much the COVID games and the hub life and everything affected that because, like I said, they were right around the mark for that finals, um, you know, in a shortened season Uh and how much, yeah, so it was obviously different. They didn't play, I don't think Melbourne played a single game in Victoria. They played all of their games out of Victoria, out of the state. Uh, or they yeah. might have played round one, sorry, in Victoria. Um, but even, but, the
1: before, yeah. even the year before, even the year before, after they came off that prelim. It was normal season and they just didn't live up to expectation. They fell flat on their face again. They
0: just, I don't know, I can't describe them.
2: Yeah. And so Jack, not,
0: and Jack who did you have? Yes, yeah, sorry, mate. Who did you have your fairytale as?
2: Yeah. So, like I briefly touched on then, it would be f- uh, Frio. Um, so, I know I haven't got them in my top eight, but like I said, I think they're going to be a good defensive team. They're going to stay in games for a long period of time. And if they can sneak um, a couple of wins from those close games, they could easily creep up into the eight. And then from there, it would be nice to see. A team win the flag again from outside the top four, um, as we said before, it hasn't been done for quite a while. But uh, yeah, so free for mine. The other one that I wouldn't mind seeing uh, do well is Saint Kilda, who I also had outside the eight. But um, I think yeah, they they potentially. I mean, they finished sixth last year, Saint Kilda, so. I've got them sliding out of the eight, um, but they could just as easily. Again, I think St Kilda had. Um, just let me find it here. St Kilda lost four games last year by less than a goal, so you know they they fought. They finished sixth with ten wins. Geelong finished fourth with twelve wins. So if they had a one. Two more of those games. They were they were a top four side last year, so they they could just as easily go up into the top four this year. But we'll wait and see what happens.
0: So they just got to capitalise. Yep. Awesome. Well, Jack, we might stay with you, mate, and, and get your top four, and then Nathan can kind of like bounce off yours as well, mate. So who have you got finishing in uh, fourth place?
2: So in fourth place, I've got Brisbane.
0: Nate, what about you, mate? Uh, my fourth place, I have Richmond. Yeah. Richmond, righto. Yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on those on those boys? What, like you know, what, what kind of swayed your decisions there?
2: So um, I think Brisbane will finish. Um, I, the Brisbane are going to be a top four side. They finished top two the last two years. They're a young team, so I don't expect them to finish top two this year. And I think, A, they're they're a young side, so I think they're the fourth youngest list in the comp, right? Um, So there's going to be some natural progression, but to finish top two for three years running, like it's it's pretty unheard of. Even Richmond didn't finish top two last year, you know, so you don't have to finish top two to win the flag. I think Brisbane, the other thing they had going for them last year was – a lot of their games were in Queensland, so they didn't yep. have to travel a lot. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that makes
0: that makes sense. A lot more travel this year will then um obviously put the hurt on them a little bit more. So, um, being away from yeah their home their home state. Nath, what about you, mate?
1: Um, with Brisbane as well, I think they've been ridiculously lucky over the last two years with injury. Like, I don't think anyone of note has really gone down with a major. Um, injury to put them out for the season or anything. They've already had Cam Rainer go down this year, so I just wonder. Um, I wonder the comp as a whole coming out of COVID and shortened games whether injuries will play a big factor in the whole comp, but also Brisbane in particular, um, just because yeah. you know they can't have the luck on their side all uh, all the time. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Richmond, um, I had them finishing fourth. I mean, anyone in my top four, I feel like could finish in any of the spots, but Purely just because um, I think the three sides above them are probably just a little bit better than them this year. I'm hoping.
0: Um, <laughs> but well, who, who have you who have you got finishing third, mate? Who's who's your third pick? My third is uh, I've got Port Adelaide in third. Port, hey.
2: That's interesting. I've got West Coast finishing in third. So West Coast for me, they finished fifth last year. I know, Nathan, you had them like eighth, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had, a sh- I, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but they had a shocking start to last year. They lost their first like oh, four or five games. Might even have been more. It was all the games uh, and then in they the went, hub. Hey, all the games in the hub. Might have been five games, I think, at the start of the year, was it? Yeah, they
1: 0 and 5 or something, 0-6. 1-5. and 6. 1 and, 4. and then they 8. went on.
2: And you know what? Those five games, that was like. Um, all they lost for the whole year was at the start of the season. Then they went on that run when they went back to Perth, I think they won ten straight or eleven straight or something. Like they just Holy killed shit. teams over there. Um But I think well, except for Collingwood in the um elimination final. But I think um I think West Coast look <laughs> less travel. A they've they've been able they haven't they weren't happy about being in the hub. They openly admitted that last year. Um, they really struggled. They're going to be at home. They're, I think that trip to Perth. So in the past, you know the the trip over to Perth when you've had to play West Coast. They've played they played in the grand final in 2018. They've played finals consistently over the last three or four seasons. Um, that trip over to Perth has been you play West Coast. It's going to be a really hard game. But you go over and play Frio and it's probably going to be be a bit of an easier um, matchup because Frio haven't been around the mark for a couple of years. Um, But I think this year, anytime you've got to get on a plane and and travel to Perth, most teams, not all, but most teams are going to be the underdogs when they go over there because I think both those Perth-based teams are going to really capitalise on less travel, getting to play at home, um, getting, you know, The only thing, the only caveat on that that I will put is with COVID and WA is renowned for their hard border and shutting that border quick smart. Um, You know, if if that happens and they shut the borders, then West Coast and Freo are going to have to move out of Perth. So that potentially, if that happens and there's a flare-up of COVID, then that could throw everything. But otherwise, I think West Coast will finish third, all things going well.
1: And they're saying this year, too, that the, um, if they go into a hub, it will be in Victoria as well. So if that happens, I'm not too sure how uh, the Eagles will go. I actually have them as probably one of the sides that I could see sliding out of the eight entirely, to be honest. Um, I'd assume big they're call. getting big call. But they are probably one of the older lists in the comp. Um, and I can easily see them finishing ninth or tenth, to be honest could also see him finishing up there as well, but it's the way the comp is at the minute. Um, my second-place team that I've got is the Lions um, after I've just... Three in a row, eh? Yeah, three in a row in the top two. Um, to be honest, I think this could be the Lions year. Maybe, again, they need a lot to go their way again. Um, so if it goes their way, I think they'll probably be there, there and abouts in the grand final, I, I hope.
2: Yeah. And my second place team, I had Geelong. So, um, you know, Geelong, they're they're just a club. They're they're well run. There's never really any scandals. They recruit well. They play well. They're mature. Like, it's a bit annoying because people who are like, like our age have never really seen Geelong struggle. They've never seen their club at the bottom of the ladder because they just – every year it feels like people say, oh, Geelong's the team that will drop out of the eight this year, and then they just prove everyone wrong. You know, last year they got all the way to a, to a grand final. They finished fourth. Um, and this year they've – you know, they added uh, an All-Australian, um, a Coleman medal winner, um, and some other handy inclusions. And I just uh, – that the games they, – they're going to play games back at Cadena Park down in Geelong. Um, they very rarely lose down there. They're going to be hard to beat. And, yeah, I think they're just going to be a, a hard team to play. They're mature. They're in the bracket. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've um I've actually got them as my top side, Geelong, purely pretty much for the reasons that you just listed. They lost a grand final last year by five kicks, and they brought in a Coleman medalist from GWS and Jeremy Cameron. Who should help bridge that gap? And if not, they got Sean Higgins and Isaac Smith in as well, on top of all the talent they already have. And it's the year Dangerfield is going off. He's having a blonder. He's winning the Norm Smith. He's winning the Brownlow. He's winning the premiership.
2: Big up up. You got him for the Brownlow, hey? Eh? Yeah,
1: he will get his second second one. He's won one, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, he has one one. Yeah. yeah so any fun. anytime you anytime you add a common medal winner and All-Australian and a triple premiership player in the off-season, you're not going too bad. You're not going to go too bad in the year coming up. My first place team I had was Port Adelaide. So they finished top last year. And they're li- I, I think they're well coached by Ken Hinckley. I can't see um, a weakness in their list. Potentially the only weakness that they did have was down back with uh, West Westhoff um, pulling the pin and, and leaving, but they got a Alia in from Sydney in the off season. I just think that they're, they're going to be a nightmare to play. They've they're da- their smalls are dangerous up front. Their midfield's as good as any. Their backline um, can can take all sorts of matchups. Doesn't matter whether it's tall, small, um, you know, marking types on the ground types. They're going to be hard to beat. So, just out of curiosity, how many games did you have? The top place team winning, Nathan.
1: So I had the top place teams. So I had Geelong and Brisbane, who are my top two, both finishing on nineteen wins. So they're only split by percentage.
2: Yeah, I had Port finishing top with nineteen as well.
0: So all right, and, um, um, and who's the, so, so Jack? Before we move on, mate, yeah. Nathan told us his um his kind of winner for the for the year. Who are you picking to take the flag?
2: Uh, yeah, so to take the flag, I think um, Port Adelaide. I think this is their year. Um, they're gonna. I know they got to play games in um, SA last year, but they did have to go and travel to the hubs in Queensland, and they still finished top. I think uh, getting to play, and I, I believe actually when they had their hubs in SA, they weren't like they were at a hotel; they weren't at home. I could be yeah. wrong on that, but I, remember, I think I remember reading that. They were away from family and stuff this year, that's not going to be the case. Um, I think they're going to take it all. So that's my tip for the for the Premiership. Um, I think – so if my tip for the Brownlow is uh, Marcus Bontempelli. So I, I think it's his eighth year in the league. He's already an out-and-out superstar of the game and – um, I just don't think there's going to be a midfielder that can match him um, anywhere, or, sorry, anywhere on the ground because he he's elite by foot. He can go down back um, and help out. He's good up front. He can mark. Um, so I think he's going to win the Brownlow.
1: Yeah. I think I said, obviously I said Dangerfield could win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if a bloke from outside the eight might take it. Um, and that's Tom Mitchell from Hawthorne. Had the whole year out last year with a broken leg. Renowned ball magnet, gets 40-plus touches on the regs. We all know how much umpires just love seeing blokes get the footy, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there.
2: And who's your tip for the Coleman leading uh, goal kicker?
1: I think the Coleman's – I can give you a dark horse in Joe Danaher from the Lions, um, yep. but in all honesty, I think the Coleman's probably going to stay along with – either Hawkins or Cameron, personally.
0: Okay.
2: That's interesting because I would have I, I have Joe Danaher from Brisbane. Ending, we know he's had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years, so if he stays injury-free, I think he could he could be the common medalist. If he doesn't, um, I think it will be Charlie Dixon. I, I actually think that the Cameron, I know this sounds a bit silly because I've got Geelong finishing second, but I think the Cameron Hawkins forward line, uh you don't think that they'll be taking kicks off each other, goals off each other?
1: No, cuz I think uh Cameron's going to be playing higher up the ground and they're going to keep the big tomahawk um deep inside 50. Yeah. So I think if Cameron no, kicks my his only goals,
2: that's that's my only concern with yeah. them is is that they may take um, because they're both uh, well Cameron's a bit more versatile than Hawkins, I think, but they you know, they both play as that key marking
1: forward. So Yeah. But yeah. I also see the game is gonna be a lot higher uh high scoring this year. So I can see a lot more goals being kicked, which means, you know, I can see them both kicking bags of four or five each a game.
0: Yeah. Awesome boys. Well um we might I know that we we're kinda of coming short on time. I know that we did want to touch on the, the bottom four. Um if you want to run through them really quickly, um, I'm happy for you to do them, boys, because I know that we we do definitely want to get in our predictions for round one. Um, uh, Nathan, I might start with you, mate. Your bottom four for this year, who have you got there? So
1: My bottom four from 15th down, I've got Hawthorne, Essendon, Adelaide, and then North Melbourne to take the wooden spoon.
2: Yeah, and I've got um, Sydney, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and Adelaide. So...
0: No and big changes
2: one, there.
0: One difference there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, boys. Um, righto. Well, we will move on to uh, the round one predictions. Um, so, uh, let me get the matches up here first. Thursday night, uh, Richmond take on Carlton. Um, from what you boys have kind of spoke about, there it seems like it's going to be a decent game to watch um, at the MCG. Who's your thoughts? What are you, What are your thoughts? You know, who's going to take it away for that one on on uh, Thursday night? You want to lead off, Jeff?
2: Yeah, so, well, I think Richmond's going to win it. I just, like, there's no world that Richmond um, aren't a premiership contender in at the moment. They're just so good. So I think they're going to win it. Um, I think it'll be pretty close, uh, as in I think it'll be within sort of 15 points. Um, and I think – but I just think Carlton's injury list at the moment, they've got too many injuries, uh, Too many injuries. Um to sort of key players, so um, and they haven't won round one since 2012, and Richmond have won ten straight against the Blues.
1: Yeah, I've got um, I've got Richmond as well. I've got it being probably close to about three quarter time, and I'm probably seeing Richmond kicking away and winning by about thirty points, I think.
0: Nice boys, nice. Um, right, moving on to the Friday game. Pie's taking on the Dogs. Um, add the G as well too. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think this could probably potentially
1: be game of the round. Two sides that I'd probably see around the same spot on the ladder. Um tipping with my heart purely because I think it's a coin flip. I'm seeing the pies get up by about two goals. <laughs> Jack's shaking his head at me. <laughs> I'm bloody biased. <laughs> that's how it's it. Bond and belly would have a stinker in those... Uh, Zero votes in the brown though. It's going to cost him Dangerfield to come through.
2: <laughs> well, I I think it's going to be the Dogs that'll get get the chocolates on the Friday. Um, it'll be the the, the match up will be the Trelaw one moving from the Pies in the off season, but in the uh, in the Amy Community Series, the Dogs uh, they played Melbourne. They're, they have five players in, so all of their midfielders plus Caleb Daniel all had over thirty disposals. Um, I just think they're just gonna Collingwood are going to be without Steel side bottom um, in the midfield, so I think yeah, the, the dogs will get up there.
1: Braden Maynard back though down back. Those five boys from the dogs will get thirty touches. Kick it straight down. Maynard's back. He'll have thirty. if, and, if
2: there's and, one, if there's one thing that's gonna that's that will help the pies is last year um, Collingwood had the most hit outs out of any side and the Bulldogs had the least so if Grundy can win the majority of the hit outs against uh, Tim English and Stephen Martin and get it to the pies midfielders first um, then we might have a chance but like we spoke about last week I think you know the pies have issues going forwards they didn't they weren't that good in the midfield in the Amy Community Series. Grundy was the only player that had multiple centre clearances. So I think it's going to be the dogs on Friday night,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Wait and well, see um, next yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll move on to the next game, boys. So uh, Saturday midday, uh, uh, Melbourne taking on the Dockers. Um now, from what I kind of remember, that before this was your smoky team um, or e- either of your teams here, boys. So which way do we think this will swing?
2: I th- I'm i going to tip Melbourne just purely because it's in Melbourne and Frio's a young side. Um, but I think this is a game that, that could go either way. It could, it's a flip of the coin. But I'm going to go with Melbourne. Max Gawne is probably the best ruckman in the game alongside Brody Grundy. Um, and Frio only averaged only averaged seven goals or seven and a half goals last year. So you know, seven to eight goals isn't going to win you many games of footy. Um, especially, I know this year the quarters are back out to,
1: to twenty minutes. But um, yeah, I think Melbourne will be too good there. Yeah, I've I've gone the other way, so I've tipped Frio in this one. Um, they were uh, number five for. Uh, least points conceded in 2020. So I can just see their defence holding Melbourne to stuff or I do know who's going to kick Melbourne's goals, to be honest. Um, so probably the same argument you had for Melbourne, I've got for Frio. So probably it would be about a 7-8 goal each game.
0: This is gonna be an interesting tipping comp, just my add. Really?
1: Just quietly. Nathan
2: did really well in the NRL tipping comp on the weekend too.
0: Yeah, you did, didn't you, mate? I did, I mean, oh, well. he He's only because he picked Melbourne. That's really all oh, that. You all know, that I, I
2: didn't realise that I picked the, the Warriors. Uh oh, sorry, that I picked oh, the what? Titans because I bet on the Warriors and won.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> so. bloody Titans killed me. Killed my multi too. Um Right boys. Moving on to the next game, uh, three thirty-five. Um, Adelaide taking on Geelong. Uh, I'm assuming both of you boys are going to go the Cats in this one.
1: Yeah, bloodbath probably. Probably, I'd say 60, 70 points. I'd say Geelong's way.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think I think Geelong are going to are going to absolutely wipe the park um, with Adelaide. It'll look like a training drill at, at times. The only thing is of the last um, – oh, sorry, of the six games that these two teams have played at Adelaide Oval, it's actually split 50-50. So wow.
0: uh, it'll
2: be a smoky, but I, I think Geelong will be too good and I think they'll just, yeah, absolutely wallop Adelaide off the park.
0: Yeah. Righto, boys. Uh, next game uh, on the list, six twenty-five. 6 taking on Hawthorne. Um, you know, who's who's getting the chalkies in that one?
1: I've uh, I've got faith in Clarko, so I've tipped the Hawks. Um, <laughs> I've I've no reason other than I just have a feeling, and I just don't rate Essendon that much this year. I know they had a good community game against Geelong, but I just I back Clarko to the hilt. Best coach, just about the best coach in AFL history. So, and see him pulling something up in round one here and getting the chocolates.
2: He has come out and said that this year is going to be a rebuilding year, though, for Hawthorne.
1: Yeah, well, um, I don't see Essendon doing much.
2: There's there's some good uh, – well, there's obviously a lot of um, history. This is a good rivalry. And, Brownie if you want to see a decent AFL fight, go and type into YouTube Essendon v Hawthorne line in the sand. Um, yep. Because you'll see some pretty big uh, punch-ups back in the day. But I think Essendon's going to be too good. Hawthorne – um, you know they're young. They're rebuilding. They've gone to the draft for the first time in a long time. They didn't have a. They haven't had um a good hand at the draft for a long time. So I think as young sides do, they'll be in it being round one. But I think Essendon will come away with the chocolates.
0: Cool, boys. Uh, moving on to the next game, Lions taking on the Swans. Um, I'm assuming both of you boys are going to be going the Lions in this one. Yeah, up at the Gabba. Up at the Gabba, yep. yeah. Go, but we've got plans.
2: Lions, Lions will, yeah. They're all Sydney. Um, again, like Freo, Sydney, they only kicked ten goals five times last year. So, and they only averaged seven goals a game as well. So, that's not going to win you many games. Um, and when you only kick ten goals, less than
1: half of your games, you know, you're going to get absolutely belted some weeks. So, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see Sydney, though, later on in the year when Buddy gets back, just purely because you haven't seen Buddy for about two years now, I feel. So excited to see him come back. But, yeah, Brisbane to probably get up by eight or nine goals.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, Okay, moving on. Uh, First game on Sunday uh, at midday, we've got uh, the Roos taking on Port Adelaide. I'm assuming that's going to be another bloodbath. Uh, port yeah, there's not
2: many close games. Like, all the close games are sort of in the first couple of matches of the round, aren't they, I think.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, yeah, Port Adelaide <clears throat> are going to be way too strong again. Like I think you could see a couple of, as Nathan said, like near 10-goal margins in round one, which is just about unheard of.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got the same port to smash them. But wait and see.
0: I don't, I don't. Yeah, well, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised too. Like I know going back to the NRL side of things, there were some big scores on the weekend with the NRL as well too, so lots of scoring opportunities. And with the new rule changes with with the AFL as well too, like we spoke about last episode as well, you know, there's going to be some big points scored. Um,
2: the only thing that I will say is North Melbourne, this is their first game under their new coach, David Noble, who they brought in in the off-season. And there is a an uncanny trend for teams to win first game under a new coach. Um, So that potentially could be a bogey for for Port, but I'm still going to go with them to be too strong.
1: I can give you a real uncanny and useless stat about David Noble, though, which doesn't bode well for North. So he (laughs) played played two games AFL footy and lost them by an average of 102 points. (laughs) So <laughs> let's he, hope that's not the case. If for he his plays anything he coaches, yeah. yeah, it's not gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that, oh, that win loss ratio is not gonna look good at all. Um right our boys, moving on to the next game. Uh we've got the Gold Coast. Oh sorry, um GWS taking on uh Saint Kilda. Uh thoughts on that one.
2: I'm gonna go, and this might be a smoking Nathan, but I'm gonna go with the Giants in this one. So Purely because it's in Sydney, um, St Kilda has not won, has never won in Sydney against GWS. Um, so they've played, they've played eleven games. It's actually split five wins apiece with a draw. Uh, but I think, I think GWS will will get up
1: at home. Yeah, I've gone the other way to you again. I've got the Saints getting up there. Um, I just think they would be too good overall, all over the park. And when it comes to it, GWS still have some good players, but they lost a fair few blokes over the off season that I think is probably going to hurt them. And um, can't wait to see Bradley Hill bouncing off that back flank for St Kilda. So I think they'll get up well, I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Saints will get up. Yep.
0: And righto, boys. So finishing off uh, round one of the 2021 season, we've got West Coast taking on the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, West Coast.
1: I've, I've tipped West Coast, but only just personally. I think this could be a really good game over there. I can see Gold Coast giving it a real go of it. I think similar to Carlton and Richmond, I think probably be in it till about three-quarter time and then West Coast will probably kick away.
2: Yeah, I think I think it'll be the same. I think it'll be closer than a lot of people probably expect, but I think West Coast are going to win. Um, Gold Coast are a young team, so they'll be they'll be in it and they'll be, you know, pumped for round one. Um, get to play on Optus, which is a pretty new stadium, but I think West Coast will be too strong. Their overall record over there, they've they're twenty-five wins and six losses since moving to Optus Stadium. So and two of those six losses actually came against the Pies. Um so, so they don't they don't uh yeah, they don't mind playing at home. They normally do pretty well. So I'm going to go th- with the Eagles.
0: Right, oh boys. Well, that is that is round one. There are your predictions, fellas. It's going to be, like I said, an interesting tipping comp this year, especially if it's going to continue on that kind of path of um, he said she said. So um, I like lo- I like it. It's going to keep, it's going to keep it interesting. But um, I'm going to finish on a, on a bit of a note here. Bet for the weekend, fellas. What what do you think? What what's you what what where are you putting your money? Um, I'll well, actually go. bet or smoky? Or give me a give me a quick bet and give me a quick smoky. All right. Well, I think my
1: smoky would be if you put a bit of money on. Let me pull it up here. The Gold Coast over in West Coast because I reckon that would be paying good money. They're paying five bucks Gold Coast to get up wow. over there, so I think a cheeky little five bucks that way. Um, And they're a chance, they're not a great chance, but they're a chance to get up there. Um, And then my, well, not a safe bet, but I do have a multi on for the weekend, which is pretty much just my betting. If you go Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane, Port and West Coast to get up,
0: it gives you about three bucks in odds, which isn't bad. Not too bad. Jack, what about you, mate?
2: Yeah, so my my safe bet is... is if you go the cats over Adelaide um, you can go them at the line so the lines 24 and a half on sports bet um, at the moment that's a dollar ninety that's you could pretty much put the mortgage on that um, and my my smoky I'm gonna go with actually them because they're paying two dollars ten um, to beat Hawthorne so I think that's good value for money there I think they're actually going to get up
0: there we go. There you I'm go. either going to have a lot of money by the end of the weekend. I'm going to be broke as fuck like always. So, <laughs> right, oh boys. Well, we'll um we'll wrap up the potty there. Um, another, another great chat. Hopefully, we get some really good football over the weekend. Like you boys said um, those first couple of games are going to be a couple of crackers as well as um a couple of close ones in there as well too. So, hopefully, we get to see some um. Some good footy across the park, but we um, before we finish it up, fellas, is there anything that you want to say prior to um, you know finishing up here?
2: Just the usual, you know. If you if you listen to this, give us a like on Facebook, give us a follow on Instagram, um, and yeah, keep an eye out on the podcast. Uh, we've got some big things happening, or we're working on some big things behind the scenes. So,
0: one hundred percent, yeah. So hopefully in the next in the coming the weeks, way. yeah. Yeah, we'll have um, uh, you know, one of um a star player uh, come onto the potty, which is awesome for us. So and awesome for you guys as well too, listening. So uh, make sure you tune in, guys. But um, we'll leave it there, boys. Thanks so much for tonight, and um, we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week. So thanks, Brownie. Thanks, Brownie.